Good morning, everybody. How is everybody? I like that, Janet. She was at the same game I was at last night. Um, if you have a bulletin, there are some, I think, still back on some of the tables. There's some stuff on the back I want to point out to you guys. Um, number one, on June 6th, we're having a celebration, a summer kickoff. We're going to be out back. Bring a grill, a lawn chair, some food to cook, whatever you want to go back out there and have some fun. Uh, it's starting, the campfire is going to start at 7.30, or the devotional is going to start, we're going to have a Devo, start at 7.30, but I think people are getting here at like 6 to like eat because you don't look like this without eating. Um, and, and the, the fun thing that I was, me and my buddy Ryan always said was there's no fellowship without food. So food. Delicious. Uh, so that's going on on the 6th. I know that's also the first day of junior high camp. So we are going to be short, some short people, because they're going to be down in Rolla, and some of us are going to be coming back from Rolla, dropping off our children. Yay! Um, the next thing on there is uh, ACB, Across Between Campus Ministry, is doing their backyards mission starting on the 6th. It's a busy day. It's a busy day. And they're doing a rummage sale, and their first drop-off day is June the 6th at 5 p.m. up here. If you have some stuff in your house you want to get rid of that you want to donate to the rummage sale to raise some money for ministries, you can bring it up here. They're asking that you kind of sort it yourself, but they're going to be here to help sort. So the, there's more information there. If you have questions, there's phone numbers for Nicole Gill and Cassie Mitchell. You can get a hold of them. And that's happening June the 6th. Later this year is our marriage retreat. That's happening September 17th through the 19th. And there's information on the back of that for you married couples want to get registered. We're going down to Giant State Park. We're getting cabins. There's also hotel rooms available really nearby if cabins aren't your thing. I'm really looking forward to this. It's going to be a great time. I highly suggest married couples get involved in this. It's always awesome to get away, to learn about our marriages, how to make God center of our marriage, and make us stronger together. Commercials are over. We are in the series called Why Church, and Alan started this a couple weeks ago, talking about why we need the church. Why, as a spiritual family, it's important. And hes we're not talking about this building. We don't need this building to be the church. The church is a spiritual family that God has given each of us. If we're a part of his, if we are his, if we are his children, if we are saved, we are a part of his family. You see, God knew we couldn't do this alone. We needed a community. I don't know about you guys, but I am much better in community than on my own. Because on my own, I'm lazy. And I don't want to do stuff. God knew that. He gave me an awesome wife that pokes me a lot and says, go do something. And today we're talking about why church? Because we need to share our hope, sharing hope. Why do we need the church to share hope? Well, first, I want to reestablish what the church is. On your notes, in, in the bulletin there's notes. I meant to say that earlier. The first passage probably doesn't really stand out as a passage about sharing hope. But I want to read it to you. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. My hand 
does not attend my body. My feet does not attend my body. It belongs to it. It's a part of it. And there are things my hand can do that my feet can't. There are things my head can do that my knee can't. And each part of the body is important. I mean, you could argue, hey, your appendix isn't important. Well, joke's on you, I don't have one. Thank you, Andy. (laughs) Everything's important, and each part of the body builds up the other. Right? So, our bodies, the parts of the body belong to each other. Do you know you belong to the body of Christ for a reason? Some of you don't feel like you're very important. I get that. There are times I don't feel very important. But you are. You have a purpose. There's a reason you're here. It could just be you're here to encourage other people. That is sharing hope. You see, when we talk about sharing hope, there's this corporate function of the church to share hope. There's individual functions of the church to share hope. You can share hope with another brother or sister in Christ. and You can share hope with the lost in the world. See, I'm going to focus today on sharing hope with the lost. But I I would do you a disservice if I didn't talk about sharing hope with each other. Okay, so it's been a crazy week. Who else has had a, a crazy week? Right? Okay, so I don't know about you guys, but COVID, like... I'm, I'm one of the minority right now. COVID like kicked my job into high gear. I've been working overtime since last February and the past couple of weeks, they put us on this crazy overtime. I'm working 65 hours a week right now. And some of you are like, that's it. I'm like, that's that's enough. And, and so I got off work yesterday at three and I took a shower and I said, let's go because we have tickets to the cards Cubs game, right? Card, and, I, and we got there, and Cassie's like, our seats are in section 439, row 11. I don't know if you guys know about Bush Stadium, but section 439, row 11 is the very top. Like, Carl's like, this is cool, I can stand up the whole game and not block the people behind us, because there isn't anybody. And I'm not complaining either, because there was a breeze all night long, and the normal seats we have, which are really good seats that my boss gives me, there's no breeze. Not at all, unless somebody swings really hard and misses. And like, oh, it was so cool. We got to watch a great game. The Cubs scored in the first inning. We're like, eh, it's only the first, you know. And then like, we're watching the game and everybody's getting into it. Sosa hit a triple and then, um, I forget the other kid. Yeah, he, he, uh, singled, Sosa scored, tie game. Cool. We're having fun. Well, then in the middle of one of the innings, they're going around all these people in the stands. You guys know how it is. They didn't do the kiss cam because Rona. But uh, the, 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 the camera pans to this one guy, and he's like, boom, and you know what's going to happen. He pulls out a ring. He gets down on one knee, and the girl's like, oh, my gosh. And, like, everybody's like, yeah. Yadier Molina had stepped up to the plate when this was happening, and so they started showing Yadi's face as this guy's proposing, and Yadi's just sitting there like, Staring at the big screen with this big stupid grin on his face. And I'm like, Kara, Yachty's going to do something. What do you mean? I go, look at his face. <laughs> Yachty A. Molina is my daughter's favorite player. She was wearing a Yachty A. Molina jersey. And, and she's like, oh boy. 
and the, the guy proposes. She says yes. Everybody's like, yay! And Yachty claps, and they're like, yay! And they show him on the... F- Boom! Solo home run. Woo! We're winning. And the Cardinals ended up winning. Alan's very gracious. Those of you who are Cubs fans are very gracious. But like everybody in that stadium had some hope that something was going to happen, right? Um, I, I brought some more stuff. I was actually going to wear a different jersey. I was going to wear this jersey. This is, this is my Yachty Emelina hat I got last night. Woo! But like, have you ever been to a blues game? Right? Stanley Cup champions. Right? This is Bennington, the man. Some of you are like, well, he's been scored on a lot lately. You know what? The Blues are in the playoffs right now. Have you ever been to a Blues game, let alone a Blues playoffs game? You know what happens when the Blues score? Place goes wild, right? Everybody's high-fiving. I don't know you, but we're high-fiving. Yeah! Hugging. It's it's crazy, right? There's an energy and an excitement. People walking into that stadium last night had a lot of hope that their team was going to win. And I got to let you know, there was a lot of blue in that, in those stands last night. There was a lot more blue than I expected. But everybody had this hope and this, this expectation, this anticipation that their team was going to win and they were sharing it with people. Why don't we have that when we walk through that door? I mean, some of us do. Sometimes we do. But, you know, this week wore me down. And when I walked into that door this morning, actually before I got, before I walked through the door, cause I forgot my, I didn't have my key to open the door and I was, I got here early. And Mark Langrader's sitting out there and I was like, Mark, come sit in the air conditioning with me. And we got to sit there and talk. And, and Mark was just talking to me and it was great. I was getting filled up. I was getting some hope, right? Uh, I was getting encouraged. And then we came in and we were talking to other people and, you know, I'm getting filled up. It's not just coffee keeping me running right now. We need to do that for each other. We need to encourage each other. In Hebrews chapter 10, it's not on your notes, this is a freebie. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25, it says, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We can share the hope we have with each other, with our Christian brothers and sisters, because if this body, if the church is strong, that hope's not going to stay contained. Like, we didn't know the people around us last night when Yachty scored that home run, but everybody's like, yeah! We're like, yeah! I'm not high-fiving you because Rona, but yeah! That, that hope is contagious, even amongst the believers. So I want to encourage you, even though we're going to be talking about sharing our hope with, the, with a lost world, you can still share hope with each other. You can still share what God has given us with each other. In Matthew chapter 5, it says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the, if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What we have is supposed to stand out. It's supposed to be obvious. It's supposed to be contagious. 
God has given us something that's amazing. It's a gift. And it's a gift that we can share. And I keep saying that word hope. And, and some of you might be thinking like, okay, you, you keep using that word hope. But what is it actually? What is this hope that we have? In Hebrews chapter 6, verses 16 through 20, it says, Now when people take an oath... They call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. This hope This hope we have is that we can commune with God. We can live in God's presence without fear. We don't have to worry about the wrath of God because we are His children and He loves us. All because of what Christ did on the cross. Christ went into the inner sanctuary. And I don't know if you know what that means. In the temple, there was different rings. There was the outside. You could look in. Then there was the next ring where only certain people could go. And then there was the next ring where only certain people could go. And you get to that interior holy of holies, and the only person that could go in there was the high priest, and he could only do it one day a year on the Day of Atonement. Because there had to be a separation between us and God because our sin separated us between us. There was a separation between us and God because of our sin. You know when Jesus died, the curtain separating us from the Holy of Holies tore from the top down because God demolished it. Because Jesus died on the cross for our sins and then He rose again from the dead, conquering death so that we can live forever. And we know that's true because God promised it on an oath. And He said, you have a family in Me. You have life eternal in me through my son. And he is now your high priest and he's taking care of everything for you. He is both your high priest and your perfect sacrifice. That is the hope we have. That is the hope we're supposed to be sharing. In Matthew 4.19, Jesus said, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You know, it's such a small, simple passage in Scripture. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. If we are not fishing for people, are we following God? I say that, but I understand fishermen. You see, when I was little, I loved fishing for bluegill. Loved fishing for bluegill. Some of you guys love fishing for bluegill. I got a little older. Bass were really cool to catch. I've only caught like two. But, you know, my uncle ruined fishing for me. 
You see, one day, he lives in Florida, and the one day I went down there and I was talking to him about this fish I caught on a, on a trip up to Minnesota. I was like, dude, Uncle Jimmy, I caught a northern pike. It was awesome. It was pulling us in the canoe, and we got, it was like this long. It really was. That's not a fishtail. It was like this long, and I'm like, it was awesome. He's like, that's really cool. You want to go fishing tomorrow? I'm like, sure do. Cool. And we went fishing the next day. He took me shark fishing. Shark fishing ruins fishing. (laughs) Because you can't catch shark around here. Well, I mean, you really can't. They caught one in Alton, but that was a long time ago. You can't catch shark around here. Shark fishing ruins fishing for people. Because you're always chasing that high. I caught a nine-foot nurse shark. It took me three hours to reel it in. And no joke, I'm standing on the bow of the boat with my feet planted against it, just cranking it as it's pulling the boat. My uncle said, we might have to start the boat. My dad goes, if we start the boat, we're cutting the line because I don't want that fish near me. We were in four feet of water and it just rained the night before, so the water's really dark and murky. You can't see anything. And we're in shallows, right? Mind you, this is where we normally go swimming. And... And, and like we're fishing and I'm reeling it in. And as I'm reeling it in, I'm like, I should be able to see it. I know it's close. It's like right there because the line is straight down. What? And all of a sudden out of the dark, this head comes up. Now, nurse sharks are really gentle and docile. Thank Jesus. My first shark was a gentle, docile shark. And I'm like, ah, he goes, that's really cool. I'm like, yeah, he goes, we're going to let it go. I'm like, okay. I go, so do we just like cut the line? How do we? he goes, no, you take the hook out of its mouth. I go, I have to clarify this. My uncle is a paraplegic. He can only move from here down. He's in a wheelchair. He goes, you reach down and you pull it out of its mouth. I go, there's a reason you're paralyzed. <laughs> he reached down and pulled the hook out of the shark's mouth. I'm like, what? And it just, he goes, you pull it a certain way, it goes straight and comes right out. You didn't tell me that before. No, I thought it was funny. Mind you, like a little while later, we we landed two other sharks, but they were black tip. They jumped out of the water and shredded the steel leader. I was like, I didn't want that shark. It's fine. But you know, shark fishing ruins fishing around here for people. I don't want to catch bluegill anymore. I want to catch shark. And, And the next time he took us fishing, he took us deep sea fishing. We caught like 30 grouper. Cassie was calling him Groper. It was hilarious. And, sorry. And, and we took him home and we had this big fish fry. It was delicious. You know, Florida fishing ruins Illinois fishing. I bring all of those stories up to tell you this. We're each gonna catch different fish. Some of you fish for bluegill. Some of you fish for bass. Some of you fish for shark. Some of the crazy people fish for marlin. Have you seen them fish for marlin? They're doing like 75 of them on a boat. Just dragging lines, and these fish are catching up to them. And they got pointy things. I don't want those fish. But we each fish for different people. Each of us can share hope differently. I want to encourage you, if you're not fishing, but you're a follower of Jesus, are you really following him? Because he says, follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of men. If he hasn't made you a fisher of men, I want you to look at how you follow Christ. Look where you can share your hope. Look how you can do this. You see, and and now you're like, Mike, how do I share my hope? How does the church help me share my hope? Why do I need the church to help me share my hope? I'm going to give you two freebies. Two more freebies. They're not on your notes that I just thought of this morning. 
You see, the church helps me share my hope with each other, we've already talked about, and also teaches me to share my hope with others. So if you don't get anything out of this, just remember the church equips us to share our hope with each other and equips us to share hope with others. Okay, Mike, that's great. You said what it does. How does it do that? How do I share my hope with others? How does the church help me share my hope with others? Have you watched YouTube lately? Don't, don't, don't worry about the ads. The ads annoy me. But I, th- I thought about bringing out that big TV we have and just showing you my YouTube feed, all the suggestions on YouTube, because there's, there's, there's suggestions like video games. Um, I had to look up something, uh, for the video game I was playing and how to's. And so that's on, that's in the, uh, algorithm. Algorithm's the word I'm looking for. So YouTube pops up video game feeds. Um, it pops up. I really like watching machinists. Um, so there, or people who are really good at doing something. I just really love watching people who are good at what they do work. It's really weird. I understand that. But like Bob Ross, um, there's this dude who does, uh, Japanese woodblock printmaking. His name's David Bull. He's really fun to watch. He's a little bit quirky. Um, like there's CNC machining. I like watching that stuff. It relaxes me. Watching somebody who's really good at what they do, do something, relaxes me. So the algorithm pops up all this unintentional ASMR. Auditory sensory meridian response or something like that. And it just really relaxes me. I like watching that. Uh, our TV in our living room is connected to my YouTube account so I can pay attention to what the girls are watching. So there's a lot of this girl named LEV Toys who does Lego projects. Carl loves watching it. So there's all these girl Legos. Don't judge me. And there's this other lady who takes squishies and redoes them. I don't know if that's a thing. These kids watch weird stuff, but I can't say anything because I used to watch like Ninja Turtles and Voltron. So, so I have all these weird things on my algorithm, but you know what all of them have in common? They all tell you to do four things. Either at the beginning or the end of every video. And that helps their videos go viral. It helps their message be spread. It helps what they're talking about get talked about. So, you know, the world is teaching me how to make things go viral. So how do we make hope go viral? Well, number one, we got to subscribe. we got to subscribe. Do you belong to God's family? 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. So right off the bat, you know, this is probably going to get talked about in every single lesson this series, is are you a member of Christ's body? Do you belong? And I want to put this out there. You don't have to belong to Greater Alton. We are a little C church. I'm asking, do you belong to the big C church? There are other churches out there who are Christian churches who love Jesus. You don't have to belong here. But you need to belong to the big C church. I have to subscribe. I have to be a part of it. Uh, there are a few channels that I subscribe to on YouTube. And, and there's things on... Uh, I don't have Instagram. But followers, is that Instagram? Yeah. And, and following on Facebook so they pop up on your newsfeed. 
there are things I've had to say, no, this is not for me. I don't know why you popped up on here. It, it listens to you. So it hears mine and Cassie's conversation, or it hears the girls in Cassie's conversation, which is weird, and so all this girl stuff pops up. Girl dad, just go with it. But do you subscribe? Do you subscribe to being a Christian? Are you a part of God's family? That's the first thing. If I want God's hope to go viral, i got to be a part of it. Number two, I gotta like it. How can I help hope go viral? I need to like it. Go back to the Blues game. They're excited to be there. Now, I'll give you this. I'm losing a little bit of hope. Jackie, are you in this with me? April, are you <sighs> down with Stan Kroenke? He owns the Avalanche. That's who the Blues are playing tonight. The Blues are down 0-3 to three in a seven-game series. It's do or die. I still have hope we can do it. But, you know, it's, it's why I wore the Cardinals jersey today and not the Bennington jersey. <laughs> Last night, I had hope the Cardinals were going to beat the Cubs. I had hope. But if the Cubs won, I was going to shake Allen's hand this morning and say congratulations. I... <sighs> I'm excited about these things. Can I tell you this? Um, in the past year, I've gotten into Formula One racing. Okay? That's weird. I never thought I'd like this. Today is the um, Grand Prix of Monaco. And I have hope that Lewis Hamilton's going to lose. That means absolutely nothing to a lot of you. But I don't like the Mercedes racing team. And I only don't like them because the people around me don't that got me into the sport don't like them. So go with it. But these things are trivial, right? These don't matter in the long run. These don't have inter- eternal importance. Am I excited about my relationship with God? Am I, am I the salt of the earth? Am I the light of the city on the hill? Can people see my excitement? Are you guys excited? Are you excited to come here on Sunday mornings? I am. I am so tired right now. <laughs> so tired. But... I get charged when I come in here and spend time with my family. It's awesome. I get, and that, that charge goes with me out into the world during the week. I get to take it with me and I get to be excited about stuff. The guys at work all know that I'm a Christian and all know what I stand for. And I haven't had to talk about it just because of my excitement about stuff. I talk about the youth group. I talk about church. I talk about my kids. It's it's fun. It's exciting. I like my relationship with God. Romans 15, 7 through, 17 through 18 says, So I have reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ Jesus has done through me in my service to God. Yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me, bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I worked among them. You see, Paul's talking here, and he's excited about what's going on. Not because of anything he did, but because of the stuff God is doing through him. And that excitement spreads. That excitement spreads. It doesn't stay with Paul. It goes out to the people around him. It goes out to the churches that he plants, that he writes to. There's an excitement about it. Do we like our relationship with God? Because I grew up in a church... Where on Sunday mornings, it seemed like a funeral. Everybody got really dressed up because you got to look good for Jesus. Everybody got really dressed up 
And there's nothing wrong with dressing up for Sunday mornings. Don't hear that. You can dress up for Sunday mornings. That is on you. I normally don't wear a Cardinals jersey to preach in. I'm normally in pants and nice shoes and a nice shirt. You can dress up for Sunday mornings. That's great. And then the worship was lackluster. It was dirges. That's funeral songs. And it was boring. I, 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 I was an acolyte in junior high. So I lit all the candles and we had to sit up front and center and everybody could see us and I fell asleep in church a lot. The church I grew up in, it seemed like they were mourning their faith. And then I come here. My first Sunday here was an Easter Sunday. I can't clap. I tried, but it was weird. Like, you all remember the first Sunday you came to Greater Alton, right? Wasn't it weird? These people are weird. They love Jesus. And they talk about it. And they share it. And they touch you. Like, hug you. Who does that? I mean, a handshake's one thing, but a hug? I walked into this church the first Sunday and like six people were like, hey, Mike, and gave me a hug. And I'm like, I don't even know you. It was weird. But there was an, there's an excitement. They liked Jesus. So if I want hope to go viral, I need to belong. I need to subscribe. I need to be excited about my faith. I need to like. You know, you probably see it coming. It's on your notes. The next thing is I need to share it. So at the end of every YouTube video, they're like, hey, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share this video. I've been with some of the videos even at the beginning. There's this one guy, he does video game stuff. And at the very beginning of every video, he goes, hey, guys, so... According to the statistics, about 80% of you aren't subscribed, don't like, and don't share my videos. Hey, let's like, subscribe, and share this before he even does the video. And I know that's because if you do enough, they get money. That's what it is. But you know, what if 80% of us here didn't subscribe, like, and share Jesus? So I need to share it. Mark 16, verses 15 through 16 says, And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Acts 20.24 says, But I don't care what happens to me, as long as I finish the work the Lord Jesus gave me to do. And this work is to tell the good news about God's gift of undeserved grace. And even in the Old Testament, Psalms 105 verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim His greatness. Let the whole world know what He has done. Each of you has had God do something in your life. If you really think about it, each of you has had God do something in your life. Aren't you excited about that? Don't you want to tell people about that? I There's been so much happening in my life. I can't help but tell about it. Even right now, there's some like crazy stressful things going on in my life. It doesn't matter. Because at the end, I'm going to be on that side of the dirt and I'm going to be with Jesus. That's the hope I have. And I want to share it. I don't want to just share it because God told me to. 
I want to share it because I'm excited about it. When's the last time you opened the Bible and studied with somebody and shared what Jesus had to say? When's the last time you invited somebody to a Sunday morning service or a small group meeting or a campfire style bonfire Devo on June 6th, starting food at 6 p.m. Devo starting at 730 or an event. We don't have events just to have fun. We have events to make it easy to invite to. And I get it. Corona, we didn't really have a whole lot of events. But like, I want to start up the movie nights again. I want to do that. I just got to, I need work to slow down. If somebody wants to take movie nights and go, have it. But I want to do the movie nights. We had a blast. I was talking to Cassie the other night. I was like, I want to do a double feature the first time we do it. I want to show Shenandoah and I'll show the Magnificent Seven. I want to do a cowboy double feature. And I was talking to Tim. He's like, oh, we could do the Man Who Shot Liberty Van. I'm like, oh, forget the Magnificent Seven. Let's show two older movies. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. I have them too. We have them. They're good movies. And the younger generation's like, oh, it's an old movie. I'm like, oh, it's a great movie. Shut up. <laughs> I want to do that. And that's something you can invite to. It's an easy invite. We are a family because you're not going to reach everybody. But you can invite somebody and they can come and meet somebody that, they, that can reach them. We're a family who loves Jesus, who's excited about it. We want to share it. That's the purpose of events, not just so we can show up, eat some food, and have some fun. That's a secondary thing. I love having fun with my Christian family. But I know there's a purpose. I know I'm supposed to be sharing my faith. I'm supposed to be encouraging you guys. Are you sharing your faith? Are you sharing the hope that you have? So if I want hope to go viral, I subscribe. I like. I share. And probably the most important thing is I turn on notifications. My phone gets so many notifications, it's annoying. Does yours get that many notifications? We got Facebook. We got email. I got weather reports. I got phone calls. Who answers those? Get, let it go to voicemail. I'll check it later. Text me. Uh, I got text messages. I got YouTube. Uh, I got HBO Max. I got Netflix. I got Amazon. My phone is blowing up with all these notifications. Mike, why are you talking about click the notification button in your sermon? Galatians chapter 5, verses 24 through 25 says, And because we belong to Christ, we have killed our selfish feelings and desires. God's Spirit has given us life. And so we should follow the Spirit. John 14, verse 26 says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus went back to heaven to prepare a place for us. But He didn't leave us alone. He sent us the Advocate, the Holy Spirit. Um, if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. It's your helper. He's a guide. Craig Rochelle, 
pastor of LifeChurch.tv, talks about the nudging of the Spirit, hearing its promptings, and he talks about a story when he was a younger Christian. Uh, he'd just become a Christian. He was he was in service, and he kept getting this feeling that there's a person over here who needed all the money in his wallet. He got that feeling, and he's like, and I knew it was the Holy Spirit, and I knew I had to do something. He goes, so I opened up my wallet, and there was $8. And I was like, I walked over to this lady, and I said, hey, I just feel like God is telling me I need to give you this. And he gave her $8. And she broke down crying and said, oh my goodness, I only had enough money to ride the bus here. I didn't have enough money to get home. And I, I was just like, I'm just going to trust Jesus. And she's like, and he's going to provide a way. And here you are, trusting the Spirit. You're giving me this money. It's going to pay for me to get home and, and maybe get a little bit of lunch, like a sandwich or something. And this is just awesome. Thank you so much. And he's like, you are very welcome. God bless you. And then he turned around and he's like, that was my lunch money. <laughs> what am I supposed to do now? He's like, and then a brother came up to me and said, hey, so... Um, I just felt like, you know, we need to spend some time together. How about I take you out to lunch? He goes, that would be awesome. And he goes, and I went out to lunch and I got something that was $12. You know, that is a fantastic story about following the spirit. But it doesn't stop there. He said, years later, same feeling. I'm in church. I think he was a pastor at this point. He's like, I'm in church. And I just feel the spirit saying, that person there needs all the money in your wallet. He goes, and I opened my wallet, and there was a $100 bill. And I didn't do it. And the whole point of the story is, is what did he miss out on? Because he didn't give that person that $100. That's, that, you know, that's a cute story. It's a fun story about listening to the Spirit. But that actually happens for Christians. If if you walk in step with the Spirit, you're going to feel the nudgings of the Spirit. You're turning on your notifications. The Spirit's going to notify you of things. Hey, this person needs your hope. Talk to them. Hey, this person needs to be invited to church because there is somebody at Greater Alton waiting to talk to them. They don't know it yet. I'm going to poke them when they see them. Does God poke you? Gosh, He pokes me a lot. and I, I'm stubborn. I don't always do it. I don't. God pokes me a lot when I see people standing on the side of the road with a sign. Pokes me a lot lately. A lot. Like, I don't know if it's just me now growing and noticing things, but I see a lot more homeless people. I don't know if there is more homeless people or it's just I'm seeing them. God's poking me. There's a, a guy who stands on the corner at uh, Washington and College on the Walgreens side, and he stands there and he preaches like once a week. And he's always got a smile on his face. And he's, what I've heard, he's never harsh or condemning. And the one week I was driving by and there was a couple of homeless guys there and he had turned off his mic and he was just talking to them. I'm like, God's poking me. Poke, 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 poke. I think I turned on my notifications. If I want the hope we have to go viral, I have to subscribe. I have to like. I have to be excited. I have to share it. 
And I gotta turn on notifications so I can know when to do that. You see, it's, it sounds really simple. I made it sound really simple. I was like, I had all these really big, complicated points. And God said, Mike, you know you're an idiot. You made it simple for yourself. Make it simple for other people. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And then I was watching YouTube and he's like, hey, there's my points. I got it from this guy who was complaining about people not subscribing. (sighs) Can I tell you, I love God because he's got a sense of humor. He's hilarious. Side note, as I'm wrapping up, side note, I got two funny stories because of notifications. I went to school to be a teacher. I started school to be a teacher. I got into the first class of the teaching program. It's not even really the teaching program. It's the class they put you in to see if you really want to be a teacher. And I realized I didn't like kids that much. (laughs) I made it through. I made it through that class. I even got an A in it. I was really proud. But they're like, do you want to continue in the teaching program? I went, no, I'm good. I don't like kids that much. That's gross. Two years later, I'm working in the youth ministry. Because I turned on notifications. God has a huge sense of humor. Look at the platypus. Are you subscribed? Are you excited? Do you like it? Do you share what God has done for you? And do you have these notifications on? Are you walking in step with the Spirit? Because that's how hope is going to go viral. And we have a great hope. That Christ died for us. He is our perfect sacrifice. But He didn't stay dead. On the third day, He came out of the tomb. He rose. He conquered death. We don't have to fear death anymore. We have eternal life with Him. If that isn't something to be excited and talk about, I don't know what is. Cardinals ain't. Blues ain't. Jesus is. I want to encourage you. Let's let hope go viral. Heavenly Father, thank You so much for all that You do for us. Thank You so much for Your Son and and the hope we have in Him. Thank You for our family here, Father. Thank You so much. You've blessed us so much. Thank You for Your Spirit to guide us. To help us. Thank you for your word to instruct us. Help us, Father. Help us to see the people that we're supposed to share our hope with. Help us to be your son in the world. Help us to love like you love. Help us to change this world in your name. Help us to do great things in your name. And you be glorified, Father. Watch over us this week as we go about our lives. And help us not to forget not to be discouraged, and not to stress, Father. Watch over those who are sick and battling illness. Watch over those who are without work. Help us, Father, to be Your hands and feet. We love You. It's Your name I pray. Amen.